Welcome to the Oklahoma City Real Estate Show with Landon Witt. You're about to learn hyper-local market knowledge happening right now in the Oklahoma City real estate market. This is your fresh weekly report on housing conditions in Oklahoma City that will enable you to make smarter investment decisions and gain insight on local trends. Landon is a genuine, self-made top realtor in Oklahoma City with millions of dollars in real estate closed every year and hundreds of satisfied clients. He's top rated by sites like Zillow, Trulia, Realtor.com, and Homes.com. Whether you live right here in the city or across the country, welcome to the Oklahoma City Real Estate Show. Welcome to episode 50 on the OKC Real Estate Show. I'm Landon Witt, and you're listening to a special edition. I'm very excited about today's guest. I'm an avid sailor myself, and we're going to be live streaming in from the Caribbean on a woman that's solo sailing around the world and currently solo sailing with just one arm. Folks, today's show is exciting stuff. Before we get into the guest on the show, I want to talk about the market report. Spicy, spicy week in Oklahoma City. Uh, median home sales, last seven days, 143 homes going off the market, cash being transferred at the title companies, coming in at a median eight days on market with a median list price of 150000 and a median sale, sold price of 148000 That breaks into $96.96, and and wait for it, a sold price of $97.34, which is a 0.25% gain. Folks, this is trending in a direction which we very, very rarely touch especially on a weekly basis, um, 0.25% gain. Generally, we're like 2% or 1.5% discount from the list price. Um, this is showing a gain on the median spread across 143 homes within 10 square miles of Oklahoma City, letting you guys know, again, the affirmation is right. It is a seller's market for traditional residential sales. Top sale of the week coming in at 3133 Thorn Ridge Road. That goes to the listing agent at REMAX. $780,000 list price, $781,000 sale price coming in at, check this out, $233 a square foot. That coming in out of Quail Creek. Three days on the market, folks. If you're in Quail Creek right now, and you're thinking about relocating, now is the time. It's a spicy, spicy, hot area. We have a huge expansion in the medical industry happening right now with Integris and St. Anthony's, and these doctors love to be in the greens and love to be in Quail Creek and the golf course and the community, and they like bigger houses because you're supposed to have a big house when you're a doctor, right? So sell them a big house, folks. Get your house, move downtown, get you one of these sexy condos. It's 1,100 square foot because you don't need that stuff anymore. The kids have left. Now's the time to sell your home to the new doctors coming into Integris at record-breaking square foot prices here in Quail Springs. Looking at our REOs for the week, we only have two. Only two. Why? Because 
people aren't really foreclosing right now in Oklahoma City because there's so many people sending envelopes, letters, everything. We'll buy your house, we'll pay cash, putting advertisements. Not so much on TV anymore, but you see the advertisements via email. You see the the um, plastic signs, uh, whatever they call those, the the banded signs on the street corner saying uh, "I buy, I pay cash homes." You know, you've seen them, whatever market you're in, you see that, and and they're here, and those are taking care of a lot of the REOs before they become REOs which I'm sure the banks are not too thrilled about that. Well, maybe they are, who knows? I don't know if they actually make money in an REO situation. Some banks I've heard they do, some banks I don't, but I, I, I digress. Um, I wanna get to the, the guest on the show today because she's connecting in uh, via satellite uplink, exciting stuff. You guys are gonna be in for a treat on this one, but first we have some pretty good news headlines for you today. Here's the news with Andrew. Hello, and this is Andrew Bishop, with the 50th episode of OKC Real Estate Show, here to bring you the news. Today, an OKC bank is facing FDIC and legal scrutiny, high-profile banker ousted. Less than a year after opening a branch in the Midtown area of Oklahoma City and reporting state-leading growth, Farmers Bank of Carnegie quietly removed its president after a bank examination resulted in a corrective order from Federal Deposit Insurance Corporation, or the FDIC, and Oklahoma State Banking Department, or the OSBD. In addition, the bank and its former CEO have been named as defendants in a new lawsuit containing serious allegations, while the bank itself has brought action against its former chief executive. Public records reveal that new lending activity declined sharply after Johnson left the bank. Quarterly reports filed with the FDIC showed that significant declines from 2011 to 2015 for the period between January 1, 2016 and January 31, 2018. Farmers grew its total assets, loans, and deposits by 143.4%, 177.2%, and 175.2% respectively. Yet corresponding net income over the same period took a sharp downturn, culminating in a reporting loss of $698,000 in 2018 after recording a bad loan allowance of over $1.2 million. For more information, read the full article from OKC Talk on OKCRealEstateShow.com. In other news, Oklahoma City's first food hall, the Collective Kitchens, Plus Cocktails is almost ready to showcase 10 restaurant concepts at its Midtown location, 308 Northwest 10th Street. After months of construction and financing delays, the collective is set to open to the public on Monday, July 29th. The two-story space is made out of three once-forgotten buildings at the corner of Northwest 10th Street and Harvey Avenue. It features two full-service bars, rooftop and courtyard patios, and coffee service. Unlike other food halls that, that charge restaurants up front to enter the space, Collective co-founder Truong Lee wants it to serve as a restaurant incubator. The Collective offers its kitchens a turnkey operation and marketing in return for a portion of sales. It is set to open with 10 kitchens with another concept to open in the coming weeks and months. And once again, I am Andrew Bishop with the OKC Real Estate Show. That is your news. Thank you for tuning in today. Can you hear me now? Yellow. There she is. I can hear you. All right. Can you hear me? I can hear you. I can hear you Whoa. and 
and the whole folks behind you. So this is great. Yeah, I um I don't know what to do about that. I actually it's much louder inside the cafe. I'm out front right now. Um, I, I don't I care about the people own... behind you. I, are you are you comfortable talking with with people listening, or do they speak a different language? Yeah, they speak a different language. Nobody knows what the hell I'm saying around here. It's great. <laughs> <laughs> That's the way we they like it. It sucks, but you know, sometimes when there's a, a cute bartender, it's great because they have no idea what you're actually saying to them. <laughs> well, all you gotta know is like the local what? beer, right? Cerveza or what? Or what? What do they? What language do they speak there? Oh, uh, it's French here. French. Okay. Mm-hmm. So, do you have like so Caribbean? Much they, like... They've got a Caribbean mm-hmm. beer, right? Which which is in a can. Yeah. yeah, yeah, yeah. I don't drink that though. What do you drink? Uh, IPA. If I'm drinking a beer. Do they have IPA in the Caribbean? Uh, this is the first place that I found an IPA, and it's a sad excuse for one. Really? And it's probably nine dollars. Uh, I'm not sure how much it was. I didn't. I didn't look. I try not to. Well, it's in the local, the local currency too, right? Yeah, it's uh, euros, which is uh, one point one seven to the U.S. dollar. It's not bad. Is the it... interesting thing is uh, when you're in the countries with ECs, it's uh, two dollars and seventy cents to one U.S. dollar. So when you look at the menu, like a burger is thirty-seven dollars, you're like, what? Oh wait, that's only like fourteen bucks. That's cool. Oh, I see. Well, so. Their, so does that mean their currency is better than ours? I'm sorry, you're breaking up? Does, does that mean that their currency is like more powerful than our currency? If if their currency is like the euro is one it's point. It's more powerful. It's more powerful. Yes. Yeah, that's what I was thinking. Yes. It, it kind the of. It... Yeah, the EC is much weaker. Oh, our dollar is better than theirs. Oh yeah, the the well no, not the euro. The euro is stronger than our dollar, but our dollar is stronger than the EC. Like uh, one of our dollars, or yeah, sorry, one of our dollars is two point seventy of their dollars. Oh, I get you. So EC is what they're using in France. No, 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 they're using euros here. I was saying it's funny in the EC countries. Like looking at the prices will really blow your mind because everything's like two and a half times what you think it should be. But it's really normal. It's kind of like in in Mexico. Right? Uh, that's worse. The whole the pesos thing, like in the Dominican Republic. Right. The pesos were like what? Uh, uh, seven thousand pesos is fourteen dollars or something. Yeah, because like a loaf of bread was like twenty five hundred pesos. Exactly, but that's really like uh, five bucks. Yeah, and like the rents, like. Like I pay two point five million dollars for my rent. Yes. It makes you feel <laughs> special. <laughs> exactly. It's gonna. It's it's interesting to get sailing it. This uh, taking off on the boats like my first cultural money exchange experience. It's been interesting. Now, did you raise your quarantine flag when you got there? Uh, usually yes. Actually, I think I did when I came in here too. Uh, the French countries don't care. Like, there's not even a customs and immigration. You just go and punch in your info on a computer, and the lady at the gift shop uh stamps your page. There's no, there's no passport stamp or anything. So Saint Martin, Guadeloupe, uh, Martinique, are all it's like it's like free for all. It's a hodgepodge of there's no there's no legality here. It's wild, which is why they steal dinghies. Mm. <gasps> 
That's not Sorry. good. No, well, that's what happened last year with the dinghy thing. It was in St. Martin, though, but I lock it everywhere now. <clears throat> so when you go to the dinghy dock, you lock your, your motor or your dinghy or both or what? Both, both and on the boat at the like it at night. Uh, my dinghy was stolen from my boat while I was sleeping at night, uh, so I had to put it up on the davits and lock it. So they basically come up like with a canoe or something. I think something he swam quiet. through a boat. Honestly. Oh, they swam. I know, wow. I think so. It was a, a guy on a derelict boat next to me because that's who my suspect was, and that's who ended up having the dinghy. So I think he just swam over in the middle of the night. Wow, but you got something. but you got it back. You got your dinghy back. Well, sort of. I mean, six weeks later, the chaps were missing. It was all busted to hell. There was a hole in it. The what looked like brand new outboard was like sanded and beat to crap. The tiller arm was broke, like off of it, and uh, the shift linkage was bent. So whenever you would shift it in the gear, it would like slam. Um, so I had to work on it a lot, but I kind of got it back up to par. It still looks like hell. So the definition, the the T-shirt when they say drive it like you stole it. That's yeah, he did. Definitely driving yeah. it like you stole it. Wow. He definitely drove it like he stole it. I'm not sure there was actually uh, oil put in the poor two-stroke gasoline or what, but who knows? At least I got something back. The only way I won that battle was by taking something away from the thief, which is not a good way to win a battle. That's terrible. <laughs> would you steal? Would you take away from the thief? My dinghy. I mean, I took it back from him, you oh, know? Oh, you stole it back. Yeah. Well, well, you know, I mean, well the police, the police you... did eventually. The police did. That's what I mean. The only way I won that battle was to take something away from somebody that didn't deserve it, which is a terrible way to win a battle. But, you know, hey. I, I think that's a great way to win a battle. It's nice and easy. You just grab it and take it back. Eh, well, I didn't, I didn't take it back. The, the police did. Eventually. It took six weeks, though. That's the but... French... The French police or no you were in st martin so that's what the uh... st martin that's french french well st martin is french and dutch okay so but the it was french the, police it was the yeah it was jean de maris jean de maris hmm. jean de maris so i watched your l r most recent video and in your most recent video uh you show your arm and the condition of your arm. Um, how? Talk to me a little bit about that. I mean, that that's intense. I'm trying to get better service. You're breaking up a little bit. For those that are, for those that are just tuning in on the podcast or then live stream, you uh, we are. She's broadcasting from an island just north of Dominica in the uh, Caribbean on the on the windward shores, approximately what 3,000 miles from our location here in Oklahoma City so we're having a little bit of issue with the internet uh, for sure you're on an island of what like 3,000 people is it that is it uh, I'm actually I'm on less saints I think the population of Guadalupe is around 4,000 or just under so 3,000 and something yes uh, and I'm on less saints which is a little collection of islands just south of it um not sure exactly what the population here is. It's very touristy. There's not a whole lot of people who actually live on the island, I don't think. And you're essentially sailing around the world? Is that your goal? That is the plan, yes. Eventually. Solo, Slowly but mostly solo. I'm mostly solo, yes. I do currently have a lady on the boat. Um, she's an older lady, so she doesn't. She wants nothing to do with any of the the sailing. She doesn't touch uh, the windlass or the, the, the catching mooring balls or anything. She does cook. 
and clean, which has been fabulous because those are my least favorite activities. And uh, that does help. And conversation. Oh, for sure. Yes, it's great. Um, she's been on the boat with me before. We get along wonderful. We have a lot of fun, you know, hanging out and chit-chatting. And so that's nice. It's pleasant to have company. Easy company is lovely. So about six weeks ago, you got on a dinghy. You're going to, I'm assuming, a bar or nightlife or something like that. You had anchored your boat. Uh-huh. You, you were on the <laughs> way to shore. Dinner. I had been working on that sunfish all day, my little sailing dinghy. Did fiberglass all day and didn't want to make dinner. Because as we discussed, I don't like cooking. <laughs> sure, sure. You're, 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 well, keep going with the story. Tell um, so I finished working on the sunfish and I jumped on the dinghy, picked up a friend of mine and we continued to the yacht club. It's about eight o'clock. So it was just after dusk and, um, I was cruising along and everything was perfectly normal. And I did have a light on my boat. Um, unfortunately it was only a forward facing light, which is pretty typical, uh, navigational lights that all the sailors use, but hundred percent correct. I will admit um, anyways, a power boat came up behind me, completely unlit, no running lights whatsoever, on a plane, and uh, hit us. It, it hit me, according to my passenger who was on the bow of the boat. Uh, he said it hit me in the back, like my physical body, um, and then proceeded to go the rest of the way, of course, over the dinghy, slicing over the boat pontoons and actually completely ripping one of the pontoons from the boat. And uh, I don't... But I don't honestly remember much other than what I was told, but I was uh, in the water, um, and uh, when the boat hit me, I guess it broke two of my ribs, which punctured a lung, and I had a collapsed lung face down in the water when I was scooped up and taken to the hospital where I started kind of getting some wits about me. Spent six weeks with a tube in my chest, uh, one of the most miserable experiences ever. In fact, I don't remember much of the accident, but the tube procedure was worse than any horror movie I'd ever seen. <laughs> um, it was awful. Uh, and then, um, I don't know, proceeded to kind of try to get life back, which was quite a struggle for a minute. But I'm there. I'm <laughs> getting there, like 99%. percent <laughs> Where where did this, what, what, what hospital were you at for the recovery? Uh, St. Thomas. This happened um, from Christmas Cove to the St. Thomas Yacht Club was where I was on the dinghy. So I was taken to the hospital in St. Thomas, um, which was it, was, it was pretty, pretty good. I'm not a fan of hospitals. I guess this is as good as a hospital could have been. But um, yeah, it was an interesting experience. For a lot of sailors, that would have been the end of the game. I, I feel like that that would have that, that would have sent them back home. Well, yeah, that for well, in fact, just a few weeks after my accident, and this is something that does happen um, out here in the islands. A lot of locals don't use lights on their boats, and likewise, a lot of us sailors think, "Oh, just this flashlight is fine," um, and you kind of think you're paying attention, but you can't keep an eye out 360 degrees. And yes, we people do get hit on boats out here more often than I realized until I had the accident, and then I had story after story after story coming to me about you know this happened then this happened that time and it's never a positive outcome there's never somebody recovering in a hospital they're just usually found the next day um in fact two weeks after my accident there was a guy um that we kind of know of that was hit in grenada and that was exactly what happened is he was found the next day 
Um, apparently the boat hit him on uh, the dinghy and they did not stop. Uh, so I think my biggest uh, awareness factor in all of this is lights, lights, lights. I mean, nothing is 100%, but we've got to put lights forward and more importantly, rear facing because a human cannot see a light that is not facing them. And if somebody approaches you from behind, you will not hear it on your dinghy. So stern lights. I'm preaching stern lights now. Well, definitely stern lights. Fast forward six weeks. Yesterday Actually, the accident was, I'm sorry, um, I, I, my videos are a tiny bit behind, so I think I maybe have you off a little bit on the time frame. The actual accident was April 1st, so April Fool's Day, or night. Um, it's been, a, I think, three months now, that makes it. The, the, in the in the video the video you and and I and I want to I really appreciate you sharing this. It seems like you you definitely a lot was going on for you during that time. A, that that's intense. Yeah, I think you know. Did we lose you? Captain Holly We're going to try to get her back on. Can you hear me now? I got you. Okay. Roger that. We got you. Um, thanks for, sh I mean, this is very difficult for you to talk about. Uh, I'm sure I want to, I want to give you some encouragement uh, just from my personal um, emotions watching your video I watched it for the first time this weekend um, in preparation for our call um, and um, some, is that we're getting some we're getting some it sounds like there's a lot of wind where you're at I've, yeah, I keep kind of relocating and trying to get a better spot with good service and less wind here let me scoop again Okay, those um, are the trade winds blowing off the coast of Africa, aren't they? Yes, and they are crazy always. It's 30 knot sailing no matter what down here. <laughs> I so am jealous of you right now. Like, <laughs> ah, man, I want to be out there. I want to, gosh. So I watched, I watched your video Saturday, and there's, this is the first time you set sail since the injury. Yes, and, you, and that was six weeks. Yeah, six weeks, and you. Oh well, no, you, no, no! I'm sorry. That was twenty days. That was sorry. That was the the end of the video. It ends at six weeks time frame of real time. Uh, when I sailed the first time was twenty days actually after the accident, which was thirteen days after I got out of the hospital, which and, hurts. It was <laughs> not a comfortable experience at all. But um. I don't. I mean, I'm sure we've all had an, uh, you know, been in a car accident or something, and like, you, it's very hard in your head when you're trying to accept uh, a recovery, not being able to use parts of your body that seem normal, you know, not being able to put toothpaste on your toothbrush is highly frustrating. So at the point I had to sail the boat, kind of to, uh, we need our heads to heal our bodies, and so that was my mindset at that time was I need happiness so I can focus on, you know, physical healing. <clears throat> you focused on physical and it looks like emotional healing as well in the video you disconnect for those that haven't seen the video you need to check out the youtube page another adventure watch the videos this is real life 
happening and dreams happening. Captain Holly disconnects the mooring ball, which is a fancy way of anchoring your boat in a harbor. And she's raised the sail and she gets off and she's only got one usable arm. And she sails off with the biggest smile on her face. And she looks into the camera and she says, for those of you that don't understand or you think it's crazy that, I, that, that I'm doing this with only one arm solo as a female out in the ocean, I will tell you this is the first time I've felt alive in three weeks. Do you remember saying that? Yeah, it was true. I mean, I, was, I felt okay. Captain Holly, we, we've lost your signal. Can you hear me? If you can hear me, uh, relocate, retransmit. I'm going to try to get her again. Another adventure. <clears throat> Captain Holly, are you there? Yes, sir. I'm sorry. This connection is terrible. No, it's okay. <laughs> it adds to the theatrics. <laughs> yes, I suppose so. So <clears throat> when you said that, so we were so you so you just said that. What were you thinking in that moment? For what? I'm sorry. You had you had you were saying into the camera for those that don't understand why I would be crazy out here with only one arm, solo sailing around the world. But to those, I want to reassure you that this is the happiest I've been. I've actually felt alive for the first time yeah. in three weeks. Well, I mean, I mean, I, I said this, and I, I'm assuming you did, maybe didn't get it because you weren't picking me up. Are you picking me up now? Yes, we've got you. Perfect. Um, I mean, I think we've all gone through traumas or incidences, uh, whether it's physical, mental, whatever, where we're, um, well, in this case, it was very physical. Uh, and I, had, you know, I couldn't at one point get toothpaste on a toothbrush successfully and uh anybody who's gone through recovery and had to deal with like parts of their body physically just not working or accepting that they may never again like it was a overwhelmingly uh say depressing uh experience so i had to do something to like huge and what makes me feel alive and sail and free and you know everything to kind of to to break that like to prove i could and to make me happy and i uh, i don't know I, I think you have to take leaps and bounds no matter how scary it is especially coming out of situations like that because you can let it make you or break you everybody can have the same experience and you can let it control you for the rest of your life and i mean sailing that day was very uncomfortable but uh it made i progressed so much because i finally felt alive and i felt successful and like i could stand on my own two feet again and I mean, that's, that's huge. We all need that. We have to, have to do it. Only, only we can do that for ourselves. There was a couple moments where you were cranking the mainsail up with one arm, where there was a lot of physical strain and then also just a lot of emotional um you, you could tell you were you were like i'm i'm sailing off into the I ocean with one i arm. look terrible in that video <laughs> i'm spent but i'm glad you shared it i really am yeah. I, I i i'm just gonna be vulnerable here i was crying like a baby watching that video 
Because at that well, moment, because at that moment, to me, sailing is very intimate to me. I spent nine months on a twenty-five foot yacht. Some of you guys, listeners, know that about me. I, I I got my life back after the military by sailing. Sailing was a recovery room for me, and it mm-hmm. and it solved and gave me a lot of answers that I needed for me. I needed to know who I was without culture. And the ocean gave me that. It gave me my base again of who I was as a person. And then when I came back and reintegrated with society, I then knew what my own voice sounded like without the influence of everyone else. So when I see you going back into the wild, per se, after what would have knocked out most people, and most people would say you're insane. I mean, that's an insane thing to do. Most people think, you know, a, a, a woman like yourself out in the middle of the ocean with your boats what 35 foot in length uh, a little over 44 44 jesus 44 foot yeah. in, in a way is probably what 25 25 20, ton 20, oh, oh, sorry 25,000 12 and a half ton 12 and a half tons so 20 25,000 pound vessel and the and the sail your mast is how tall uh 60 feet 60 feet which is, for those of you that don't, like if you drive over a bridge in the ocean and a boat's passing underneath it, that's a 65-foot bridge. 65, the big spans that, that cross. And so her mast is just five feet beneath there. And then you're lifting a mainsail that has, what, uh, 1,100 square foot of sail area? I'm not 100% sure what my sail is now because uh, it's not the correct sail for the boat. I've... Uh, shredded my sail in the blooper on last year um in some bad weather so i've kind of been um the trying to get the right size sail very hard to match a good sail on the boat and what's available out here in the caribbean is you know always you take what you can get so the sail for the boat's not correct right now i don't know what size it is not as big as it should be but um, you don't need a full-size sail out here. That's the, in, on the other hand, I'm not prioritizing it because I am always minimizing sail area. Like I said, 30 knots every day. Wow. 30 knots is a very stressful, especially when you get the Caribbean shuffle going on it's, with the set, the wave sets. About eight feet of mainsail and about eight feet of jib is perfect. Wow. <laughs> Okay. In that, and, and, and it's 20 on a regular, but it's 20 to 30 always. It's outrageous. Now, there's also another celebrity where you're at, and that's sailing vessel Delos. I think they're far, far beyond, but they were they were just in your territory. Delos, yeah. Uh, I, did, I saw Delos for Thanksgiving in Grenada. We almost uh, sailed north, not together, we, but we were kind of leapfrogging. I met them a few times. I didn't spend a, whole, a lot of time with them, but I, I did talk to Brady and stuff. Um, we were at the same venue for Halloween in Grenada, and then um, in Martinique for a bit, we were in the same place, and then also in St. Thomas and St. John, uh, we ended up in the same harbor a few times and socialized a bit. But uh, I believe that they're almost back to Florida now. I'm not sure how behind their videos are, but I know that they went west um, pretty quickly. and I, I believe they just got to Florida. Well, somebody's pregnant now. Yes, and that's why. That's why they were um, on a mission to get there. She could have the baby. Yeah, and so they're gonna so they're going to call Florida their home for a little while, huh? I'm not 100% sure what their plan is. It's hard for me to keep up with what everybody else is doing. I don't know what I'm doing. (laughs) (laughs) 
right? Right. Well, that's what makes it fun. <laughs> exactly. The plan is written in the sands at low tide. So right now we've got about 165,000 listeners on the Oklahoma City Real Estate Show from really all over the planet. We've watched Oklahoma City go from like nothing hillbilly town to I haven't watched, but but the locals that have, have really grown up here have really watched a huge transition. I myself have been here. This is my fourth year in Oklahoma City, and people have been very interested in this cultural transformation and and. I want to kind of give a shout out to you, uh, Holly, to where can people follow you? What can they do to get involved in, in what you're about? Um, it's mainly just the YouTube channel. Um, so I like document what I do, you know, and in, in real life events, you know, if accidents happen and how that works. And a lot of it is exploring. I do a lot of motivational, especially for women sailors. I don't want to discount men though. Anybody and everybody who, uh, ha basically has an excuse or a reason that they think they can't. Um, I, I, I want to try to send my message out there and the reasons why I've done what I'm doing so that maybe, um, somebody can pick up some of that and it will motivate them to step outside the box and do what they've been dreaming. And you can go on YouTube uh, under Another Adventure, which is the name of the boat, because it's always Another Adventure. And it uh, should be pretty easy to find me there. You can subscribe. I try to put a video out every two weeks. Um, obviously, you see my connection to the interwebs is not very strong. So that's super inconsistent. Sometimes it's a month. Sometimes I'll manage to get three out in a month. Um, but I do the best I can documenting what's going on um, and then the daily challenges I have out here and how they relate to, you know, the real world and so on and so forth. And I try to keep it fun and motivational. Wow. Well, I know that you guys are getting ready to go on a hike and I, I don't want to stop you from that. But if if you can just share with me just a little bit about uh, kind of how you're funding this operation. If you, you might not want to share that, but I think it's very interesting. Well, that's that's the number one question a lot of people may have um, about do, this. Well, my my main funding is is actually um, I, I work in, I'm a marine engineer, so I work on boats and for a charter company. But as far as the YouTube goes, I have kind of opened up the outlet to help me work a little smarter, not harder, is what I'm saying. Uh, instead of being in engine rooms all the time, which is very physically exhausting. Uh, I've started doing this YouTube thing and it does take a lot of time to record and edit as I'm sure you understand. And uh, so I've opened up a Patreon account for another adventure as well. Um, and so you can look up another adventure at Patreon and make uh, small donations per video there. Uh, also really helps me just to watch the YouTube. Um, there's obviously advertisements just like every YouTube channel and I get little tiny fractions of pennies for every view. So just following along and picking up the message is huge for me. Um, it helps me help you help me. And it's wonderful for everybody. And so share with a friend. <laughs> and also, if you, I think, you, I mean, you're really good at, at, at giving feedback to people, responding to comments, like integrating with people that have questions. So I think, I, I think for those that really are trying to do kind of what you're doing and, and maybe have been uh, afraid, you're really an inspiration for that. And then if they have questions, they can really reach out to you. So that's exciting. 
Um, Absolutely. I have a Facebook page, um, and you can reach out to another adventure there. I am not very active on the Facebook page. Again, it's, it all has to do with my availability to the internet, which is quite limited. So I don't, I'm not able to be super involved with social media. I get a lot of emails and questions, and sometimes it takes me a few weeks to get back to those. But I do try to, um, when I can sit down and give a detailed, good uh, answer to somebody, do that so absolutely you can find me on facebook is probably the best way to send me messages under sv another adventure well folks you've been listening to the voice of captain holly who's currently sailing around the world on her 44 foot did we say 45 foot what, 40, 44, a little over 44, and another adventure was actually underwater five years ago when I got her. I don't know if you even know this. I need to make an episode of the story of the boat as well as myself, um, but I took another adventure from a sunken mess into what she is today, um, and from pickling the engine to refurbishing wood to uh, rewiring the entire thing, I have built Holly's web in this boat. <laughs> Um, and so it can be done. Anything can be done. You can sail sunken boats and you can sail after being run over by boats. So you can do anything you want in this world. You just got to stand up and do it and stick to it. You know? Awesome. Awesome. Well, well, thanks for your time today, Holly. No problem. Thank you very much. And thanks for being patient with the internet, uh, access there. I do apologize. It took so long, but thank you. It's been wonderful.